Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the stream. Uh, we're so happy that you tuned in this morning. I hope everyone had a great week and a great Father's Day. Um, I wanted to give a couple quick shout outs. Uh, the first one is to Glenn Valencia. It is his birthday today. He asked me this week if I was preaching. I said yes. And he said, can you shout me out on Sunday? And I said, okay, sure. And so happy birthday, dude. I hope you enjoy your day. Uh, second of all, I wanted to say a huge congratulations to Efren and Carol. They got engaged last Saturday. They're our newest uh, engaged couple in the church. Whoa, baby, let's go. Congratulations. Um, you know, this, uh, this morning, I am going to be wrapping up our helper series um, on the Holy Spirit, focusing on the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the role of the Spirit in our lives. We've talked about how the Holy Spirit ensures our citizenship in the kingdom of God, right? We had an overview about the Holy Spirit, what He is and what He isn't. And we talked last week about how hard the Spirit is at work within us. So I was thinking about how to wrap up um, everything we've talked about into a practical lesson on the Holy Spirit. Since we know about the Spirit, who He is and what He does for our lives, how can we live by the Spirit today? How can we unleash His power in our life right now, today? And so the title of this lesson that we're going to talk about this morning is One Step at a Time. The title of this lesson is One Step at a time. Take it one step at a time. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Starting in verse 16, the Bible reads, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There it is. Here's the lesson in one sentence. It's the baseline truth for all of Christian living. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of of the flesh. It's a profound statement. Um, it's an incredible statement from the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia that we must walk by the Spirit. But what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? What does that look like? How do I know if I am or not? You know, the word walk in this scripture is a progressive present tense command for us. It's a, it's a, it's a command with continuity that basically says, to keep on continually walking, to keep on moving, to keep on going. The idea here is that the life of a Christian unfolds one day at a time, one step at a time. So if you think about it, actually, I mean, walking is a great metaphor. It's a great, um, it's a very picturesque metaphor as to how we should live our Christian life. We are to take one step at a time under the control and guidance of the Holy Spirit that's how we are to live. It's a habitual thing, a constant pattern, a routine for us. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says that as disciples, our body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We house the Holy Spirit inside of our bodies, and the Spirit in us is moving and leading, and we are simply to respond moment by moment, step by step, day by day, walking in the means and the power and the direction of the Spirit. And this is such a beautiful illustration of what our relationship with God is to look like. It's 
It's what our relationship with the Spirit is to look like. A walking. It's a continuous walk. You know, when I was younger, um, I used to hold my parents' hand when I would go to places. Obviously, I don't do that right now because I'm a grown, strong man, and I don't do that, obviously. But when I was like four, you know, your boy held that hand. Why? Because, I mean, you wanted to be protected. You wanted to make sure that you wouldn't go anywhere that you weren't supposed to. And I had no idea where I was going. So I would take my parents' hand a lot of times, but they knew where they were going. They knew where we were going. And so I would be, I would be led by my parents. I often didn't know what was happening. <laughs> um, I would just go places with them. We went a lot of places. We walked around a lot. But I was secure because I knew that I, I, I knew that my dad knew where we were going. I knew that my mom knew where we were going. And somewhere along the lines, you know, I outgrew that. We all outgrow that, right? Holding our parents' hands. We don't do that forever. We kind of abandon that practice at some point in our life. But I wonder if some of us have outgrown walking with the Spirit. I wonder if some of us have abandoned the practice of walking by the Spirit. What do I mean? So today we're going to look at three different things to really gauge if we're truly walking by the Spirit. I want to make this practical for us. The first way to gauge if you're walking by the Spirit is if in your daily life, your thoughts and your actions are dominated by God and His Word. Why? Well, think about it. Um, everything we know about the Spirit is found in God's Word, right? The Spirit will never act outside of the Word of God. Therefore, if a person is trying to walk by the Spirit every moment, then you best believe that person is going to absolutely saturate themselves with the Word of God, with Scripture. Look at some Scripture references here in Joshua 1, verse 8. The Bible reads, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 119, verse 10 through 11 says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Colossians 3:16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And from Jesus himself, in Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, when the word of God fills up a person, when the word is flowing within a person's heart and within their mind, that's when the spirit can really start to get to work in that person's life. We need to live by the word so that we can walk by the spirit. You know, uh, we had a great Father's Day uh, this past weekend, and uh, we got to have a, a brunch at my grandma's house, and our family calls her Lola. Um, we had a, a nice lunch at Lola's house, and we were talking about memories around the table. And um, yeah, uh, there was a, a memory that came up about how uh, we used to eat a lot at my grandparents' house. Uh, we still do, actually. We still eat quite a bit. But I remember when me and Chris were younger, we would go over there like quite often when my parents would 
either go on mission trips or they were at different appointments. We would spend time at my grandparents' house. And we always loved going to my grandparents' house. You know why? Because they, they, they always fed us. And they always fed us a lot. Like, I'm talking every single time there would be eggs, bacon, potatoes, all that kind of stuff. Literally every time, grandma or grandpa would be cooking something for us. And it was like the most incredible food. And that why are, why are our grandparents so good at cooking? I don't get it. But, you know, they, they would feed me anything that I wanted. And I would eat absolutely everything that was in the pantry. And I remember like eating, uh, you know, they would have stuff. They would give us stuff that my parents wouldn't, you know, like my mom. Sorry, mom. Uh, she would, she would, um, she would make turkey bacon, uh, and I love turkey bacon's great. But you know, my grandma Lola would make like real bacon, like pork bacon, and it was so good. And uh, you know, I remember we would have different cereals at my grandparents' house, and they would always have chock full of it. I remember eating cinnamon toast crunch, possibly the worst and the most unhealthy cereal for you. And I remember eating it with half and half milk. Whenever I wanted, I would just pour that thing right in there and I would just eat it and it was awesome. I remember my grandma would give us Vienna sausages. She would have little sardines in the can, put it in soy sauce and, and lemon where my Filipinos at, you know what I'm saying? That's what we would have. And it was like, it was like an endless supply of food. I could eat whatever I wanted. Their pantry was always full. There was always food available. And when we think about that in our life, when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to us spiritually, doesn't that sound a lot like the Bible? The word of God is a bottomless well of wisdom. It's a never ending pantry of spiritual food. It is literally everything that we need to know, to know God, to know love, to know eternal life, to know peace, to know the spirit and it's available 24 seven. And so I gotta ask some of us, if that's the case, then why do some of us starve ourselves on a daily basis? Why do some of us choose to starve ourselves from the word of God on a daily basis? Because we're not gonna witness the power of the spirit in our life if we are starving ourselves of the word. The word of God is the fuel so that the spirit can drive. The word of God is the wood to the spirit's fire, to the spirit's flame. We will not be close to the spirit if we're not close to the word. You know, John chapter seven and verse 37, Jesus is talking in a festival. And in verse 37, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. You see that? Jesus says that as, that we as disciples are to be rivers of flowing water giving life to everything and everyone around us. That is the power that you and I have with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is here to enact God's will on earth and we are the vessels and we are vessels to which God accomplishes his will. But the thing about being a river of flowing water means that we must have to draw from a source, 
right? You have to draw from a source in order to be a river. You have to start from some point or else our life is just going to look like a desert. That river, that supposed river, is just going to look more like a barren desert. You know, the longer that you keep, the longer that we keep ourselves from God's word, the farther we get from scripture, the less we will let the spirit affect our immediate actions in radical ways. God wants to see his children, like Brad talked about last week, because that's who we are in Jesus. He wants to see his children stake everything, absolutely everything, on his power and presence in their lives. Because nowhere in scripture do I see a balanced life with a little bit of God. And if, if I could just talk about this for a second, because I can, I can feel like there are a lot of people who just want to add Jesus to their life, who want to add a little bit of Jesus to their life. Like salt bear or something, like just sprinkle a little bit of salt on that, give it a little bit of seasoning, just add a little bit of Jesus to the mix of, of me. And we can want a comfortable life where we'd rather grow our savings account than grow our faith. I'm reminded of Luke 12 and the parable of the rich fool where Jesus states that you know, he was a fool for thinking ahead when tonight his very life would be demanded from him. And we can ask Jesus to join our life, right? Our journey. We want him to follow us wherever we feel like going rather than following him as we are commanded. The God of this universe is not something that you can just add to your life and keep on as we did before. We can't just invite Jesus to our party, ask him to hang out with our sin and stuff like that, and then just carry on like everything's going to be okay. That's not how it works. We don't, that doesn't mix. The Holy Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead is not someone we can just call on when we want a little extra power in our lives a little extra spice in our lives. Jesus did not die in order to follow us. He died and rose again so that we could forget everything else. We could forsake everything else. We would forsake everything else and follow him to the ends of the earth, to the cross, to true life. That's the call. But yet we don't even show up. Sometimes we don't even show up for a Hanukkah group. We don't even reach out to people for help in our discipleship. For us to, to be connected to the body, it takes people pulling our arm and our leg. And even during COVID, I fear that many of us are still worried more about that disease than the disease of sin in our life. And sadly, I think many of us walk around like we don't need the spirit. And it's not something that we would say out loud, per se. I think it more just comes out in how we live. Because if we're just going to church because we want to reap the benefits of church, if all we want to do, and if all we want is a little Jesus to spiritualize our life, if we just want a little extra God to get us out of hell, then we are gravely and sorely missing the point of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In fact, you don't even need the Spirit if you're merely looking to live a semi-moral, 
life to be a Sunday Christian. There are all sorts of self-help books and other religions that will offer you that just fine. You only need the Holy Spirit's guidance if you truly want to follow the Word of God like it's the very food you need to survive. You don't believe me? Just look at Jesus. <laughs> if you don't believe me, just look at Jesus, I promise. Jesus literally said to a crowd, if I'm not everything to you, then you can go home. <laughs> he tells us that if I am not your everything, then I am not your anything. And then he says this, but trust me when I say this, that apart from me, you have nothing. And if it needs to be said from the pulpit, if, you, if, that's, if it needs to be said, and if you need to be reminded, then let me remind you, church, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Please, I'm begging you to take up your cross and follow Jesus today. Stop making excuses. Crucify your excuses. Stop towing the line of sin and make a decision or make a redecision maybe to pick up that cross and walk. Because indeed and surely walking by the Spirit is the most radical life that we could choose to live. The Spirit guides us to make radical decisions based on the Word of God. If you know the word, then you will know the Spirit's will. And it is to obey and surrender to his leading of every moment of your life. And it's a real question that merits a real discussion in your heart. Do you really want to walk by the Spirit? Do you really want to walk by the Spirit? Because if you do... You've got to understand what that actually means. You know, do you guys remember the story in Luke 21 where Jesus sees people putting gifts into the offering box? And um, at first, some rich people give, and it sounds like their contributions must have been monetarily pretty large. But then Jesus points out a, a widow, right? And the text even says a poor widow, and she puts in two small copper coins. And Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 3, Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. Jesus commends this woman who the world, those with power and money, overlooked and perhaps even looked down upon. Jesus praises her for her revolutionary, her radical faith. Why? Because she held back nothing. She didn't hold anything back. She literally gave up everything that she had, even as a poor widow with no means of income or support. And Jesus holds her up as an example. So what if, I want you to think about this for a second, just 
Roll with me. What if, imagine with me for a second, right now you could hear audibly the Holy Spirit and he asked you to literally give up everything you owned. What if he told you to give up everything and you had to sell it and give the money to the poor? Could you do it? And before you start trying to question or explain away why he wouldn't do that, it is not out of God's character to ask for everything. It's not. It's not out of God's character to ask for everything. Because for God, for God, it's, it's all or nothing. For Jesus, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. And I am so incredibly challenged right now, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. This is challenging. Because I, I want to say that I want to give it all to God. I want to say that I will truly submit myself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I want to say that. I want to say that. But you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. And I'm with you. Life has got a lot of challenges. Life has got a lot of burdens. Life has got a lot of distractions. And sometimes those are not, they're not helpful. And I think for you and me, we have to learn to fix our focus and fix our perspective a little bit. And that kind of leads into the second gauge to tell if we're really walking by the Spirit. And it's this, when it comes to my relationship with God, am I in the moment with Him? Am I present? Am I listening? Am I attuned? Am I here or am I somewhere else? What do I, what do I mean by that? Here's an example. Have you guys ever asked yourself the question, I just wish I knew God's will for my life. Have you guys ever prayed that prayer before? Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, just please reveal your will for me and my life. God, please just show me, you know, God, I just, one sign, just one. I don't need anything crazy. I don't need the Red Sea to part. Just give me like a double rainbow all the way across the sky and then make it like a triple rainbow, okay? God, just please, just a little bit, just please reveal, show me, do something. And I think when we, when we get in this example, in this specific thought of God revealing his will for our life, that, that specific thought is, is a very misguided thought because it prevents us from living by the Spirit today. You know, there are very few people in the Bible who received their life plan from God in advance. Consider Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, right? He was called by God to pick up everything that he had and take his family and just start walking. <laughs> he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know if he would ever be back. He didn't know any detailed information, like how long the journey would take or what the costs or rewards would be or like what his 401k was gonna be or if he's gonna get health insurance. I mean, he didn't know any of that. God just said to go and he went. And that's pretty much all he knew. So now copy and paste 
all of that and apply it to pretty much every other person that God called to go somewhere by faith. I think of Moses, David, Sarah, Enoch, Daniel, Gideon, Noah, Samuel, Rahab, the prophets, any of the apostles, Paul, you, you, you name it. You can copy it and paste that situation and apply it to almost any other person that God called in the Bible. You know, I think a lot of us need to forget about God's will for my life or be so consumed about what our future is gonna look like, what God has in store for our future. I think we just need to forget about it, honestly. Because God cares more about our response to his spirit leading you today in this moment than what, than about what we intend to do in the future, near or far. The spirit is trying to get your attention right now. But are you somewhere else right now? Like, are you more concerned about where your kids go to college than about resolving the argument you just had with them this morning? Or are you so consumed with your future boyfriend or girlfriend that you forget that you haven't even read your own Bible today? I mean, people be trying to date someone and they aren't growing spiritually, you're worried about the wrong relationship. Or are we so bent on going on that vacation next year or so worried about my future finances that I withhold from giving to God and his church today? Oh, I'm talking about finances. I mean, it's a part of life. Or are you so concerned about the places you're going to throughout the day that you don't even pay attention to the homeless person in front of you who needs help? Well, how about right now? Are you daydreaming about what you're gonna have for lunch? Or what your plans are for the rest of the day? Or are you so distracted that you're not even paying attention to God's word right now? I'm speaking to a camera. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are up to. But what is it? Are you really trying to listen to the Spirit right now? Right now. Because it's so much easier to go into a robot mode rather than choose to be thoughtful, present, and mindful of right here, right now. It's, it's easy to remove yourself from the present, from what's happening at this moment. And it's much less demanding to think about God's will for your future than it is to ask him what he wants you to do in the next 10 minutes. It's safer to commit to following him someday rather than today. You with me? And of course this doesn't mean that this doesn't mean that God doesn't have purposes and plans for each of our lives and that he doesn't care what we do with our lives. I mean, he does. The key is our focus. The key is our perspective. The key is where our heart's at, where our head is at. And the key is that he never promises to reveal those purposes anyway, all at once, in advance. You know, how many times in the Bible do you see people act immediately in their faith? How many times? I got a couple for us. Matthew chapter 4, verse 22, when Jesus calls James and John, what do they do? They immediately leave their boat. Matthew 14, 27, when the disciples are in fear, Jesus himself immediately 
consoles them and reaches out. Mark chapter 9, verse 24, and we read this not too long ago, but when the father of the child hears Jesus, he immediately responds in faith, asking Jesus to help him overcome his unbelief. Luke 5, verse 25 says, as soon as a man is healed, he immediately gets up and goes around praising God and glorifying his name. And there are so many other instances in the New Testament alone. Uh, Luke 13, 13, Luke 19, 15, Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 38, Acts chapter 9, verse 18, Acts chapter 9, verse 34. I mean, when Paul gets up and is immediately baptized, what are you waiting for, you know? I mean, you see this timing, all these people, all these people, including Jesus, acted on their faith, acted on faith immediately. There's an urgency to do what God desires now. How much more quickly should we respond as disciples when the Spirit's voice calls us to obey? How much more quickly should we be to respond? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Our immediate focus has always been to be on God's kingdom and his righteousness. The Spirit of God is your helper today. God is calling you to live by his word Today, right now, God and the Spirit are calling you to action now. Are we walking by the Spirit? Or are we trying to run ahead of Him? Are we trying to run ahead of the Spirit? You know, instead of worrying about tomorrow, I want to encourage all of us to seek hard to go and follow where the Spirit is leading your life today. Instead of routinely going about your day, be mindful of the Spirit. Be mindful of Him. Focus on the present and take it one step at a time. And when we can fix our focus on pleasing God right now, we will start seeing the fruit of the Spirit in our life, which leads us to our last gauge to see if we're walking in the Spirit. And let's circle back to Galatians chapter 5 as we finish up here. Galatians chapter 5 Verse 16 says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we see two entities here, right? Pitted against each other and they're at war. They're at battle with one another. The spirit as the Bible labels, and as the Bible labels it, our flesh, the flesh. Well, what is the flesh? Well, the flesh is us. It's our sinful nature. It is who we are as humans, Right? You wonder why we don't automatically get shot up into heaven after we become a disciple? Well, it's because we're still in the flesh. Because we're still in this earthly body. And this is the war that is taking place for our soul. It's the battle. Verse 17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So the question in the last gauge to show if we're walking by the Spirit, to see if we're walking by the Spirit, 
It's that we are bearing fruit. We are bearing the fruit of the Spirit on a daily basis. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit on a daily basis. Are we producing what the flesh desires or what the Spirit desires in our life? So let's take a look at what the the flesh produces. It's not great. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that all of that is just bad. <laughs> That's just bad. And I think we all kind of understand the, the effects of sin in our life. And, and all of us at some point, this is kind of the, this is the relatable scripture, right? Where you're like, yep, that's me. Or, yep, done that. Yep, uh, yeah, I've been there before. And we all know the effects and the consequences of our sin. And it's just bad. And I think the point to take, the point that we need to take right now from this passage is that these things, this whole list, these sins, this is what the flesh produces. This is what happens when we choose to live our life by our own sinful desires and forsake walking by the Spirit. And this is a stern warning. There's a stern warning to Christians here that, to Christians, that those who live according to the flesh are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. This is what the flesh produces. Not great. Okay, well, what does the Spirit produce in us? What happens there? Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, this is the good stuff, you know what I'm saying? These are the kinds of attributes that I want to, that you want to exude in our life on a daily basis. We want this kind of stuff to be produced in our life, right? And so the question for us is, which of these lists are we producing on a consistent basis, on a daily basis in our lives? Which one? Are you producing what the flesh desires or what the spirit desires? And the funny thing about all that is that's completely up to you. I mean, that's your choice. <laughs> it's your prerogative. And if we're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, then it should bother you. If you're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, it should bother you. You should be bothered by this. You should be disturbed by this because if God is, if God is living in you, shouldn't we be demonstrating these qualities in increasing, in increasing measure? Additionally, it should disturb us when we're not really bothered that God living in us has not made much of a noticeable difference in our life. It should not be, it should not just be okay to find a, a little bit of peace rather than 
what is said in the Bible as the peace of God, which surpasses and transcends all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. Should not be okay to just want a little bit of it. It it needs to emanate from us. It needs to exude from us. The fruit of the Spirit is, is, is what we need to exemplify on a daily basis. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You know, when we exemplify the fruit of the Spirit in our life, that's when people see our life and go, Yeah, whoever you're serving, that's the real God. (laughs) You heard that in the Bible, right? Like, oh, that must be God. They they see it. They see the change. And it doesn't come out in, for us nowadays, it doesn't come out in some sign and wonder or pillar of fire. God doesn't need to do that anymore because his spirit is living inside you. You are the miracle. And you are meant to show people that we don't have to live in the pattern of this world, that we could be free from the addictions of this world, that we are different, that we live life differently. Why? Because we're in our word. We're in the word. We're saturated in it. We're present. We're mindful. We're listening to what God wants us to do right now. And those two things cause us to make decisions Decisions for God to walk by the Spirit, to be hand in hand with Him. And I don't know about you, but I just can't simply work my way to being more loving. (laughs) And I can't just muster it up or manufacture patience by gritting my teeth and trying to grind through it. I've I've tried. You and I are are not strong enough or good enough, and it doesn't work that way. None of us can do goodness on our own, but yet we try. You know, we had a great discussion this past Wednesday with our house church, Ohana, and uh, Roger helped to lead us in some thoughts about the Holy Spirit. And we were talking about how hard at least for part of it, we were talking about how hard we can try on our own human effort to be more godly. And and we can just spend, expend a great deal of energy trying, you know. We focus on what God wants us to do and forget the kind of people he wants us to be. And I just want us to notice something about the passage in Galatians, just notice here that it's the Spirit's fruit. It's the Spirit's fruit, right? It's through His influence and His guidance and His power that we are able to produce love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, forbearance, faithfulness, gentle, self all these things. Only through a reliance on Him and walking in step with Him will we see these things grow in our lives. So instead, church, of mustering up more willpower, let's focus our energies and time on asking for help from the one who has the power to change us.
And we read this scripture on Wednesday at Ohana Group, and shout out to my boy Kainoa, because this is his favorite scripture, and I feel like I can't read this scripture without mentioning his name, and it's just so relevant to what we're talking about, but it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And the Bible reads, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The Spirit of God gives us power. He is able to supply us with what we need. He is able to bear fruit in our lives that we cannot bear ourselves. So in conclusion, and as we wrap it up, you want to know what the Spirit wills for your life? Here's what He wants. He wants you to take your walk with Him one step at a time. He wants you to be saturated and filled with the Word of God so that you can listen to Him. You can hear Him better. And He wants to produce godly fruit in your life in an ongoing, moment-by-moment basis. Not 10 years from now. Not tomorrow. But right now. Right now. So I want to encourage you. Make a decision. Make a decision right now to reach out to us if you want to study the Bible. Make a decision right now to stop hiding in your faith. Make a decision right now to stop just being a Sunday Christian. Make a decision right now that you don't want to just spiritualize your life with Jesus, but you want to commit everything that you have to him. Make a decision right now to connect yourself or reconnect yourself to the body of Christ. Make a decision right now to repent and be baptized. What are you waiting for? Thank God for our helper, guys. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God we have him in our Christian walk today. Church, let us keep in step. God bless.